Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Squiggly Careers podcast. I'm Helen, and today I'm not joined by Sarah. This should have been one of our normal Tuesday recordings, and we were going to talk to you today about career transitions and how you manage them. But unfortunately, Sarah's poorly. We were due to record our podcast on Sunday night, which is often when we do them. And Sarah sent me messages all weekend about her bad ear. Uh, We don't know whether it's an infection or a burst eardrum, but it does not bode well for recording a podcast. So instead of Sarah, who hopefully will be off to the doctor's, to get some antibiotics. You have me and you have another guest. So we've brought forward this week's Ask the Expert special. And today you're going to be hearing from me talking to Elizabeth Uwe Benene about confidence. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in a second. But it might be the first time you've listened to the Squiggly Queers podcast and maybe you haven't had a chance to listen to one of our Ask the Expert specials before. So the podcast is all about helping people with their career development. And the Ask the Expert series is specifically about focusing on some of the skills that we think people need most right now. Our careers and world of work has gotten awful lot squigglier in 2020. And there are just a few things that we all need a bit of help with to cope with that as we navigate our way through that squiggly world of work. So we got in touch with some people who are expert in different areas. This series, for example, we've spoken to Mary Portis about kindness, David Epstein about experimentation, and today Elizabeth about confidence. And we wanted to have some really short, specific conversations about what it takes to develop, really demonstrate and maintain the ongoing use of those skills in your careers. So as I said, today I'm talking to Elizabeth Uwe Benene. She is the co-author of a book called Slay in Your Lane and a book that's also been very recently published called Loud Black Girls. And I've been really inspired by Elizabeth's voice and her career. I've been trying to get her on the podcast for a little while and finally our diaries made it possible. And I asked her to share her thoughts with us on confidence, you know, where it comes from and how we sustain it. And in the conversation that I have with her, you'll hear us talking about how optimism and frustration can sometimes become a catalyst for confidence and we also talk about the importance of your confidence community and before we get started with the conversation I just wanted to say a big thank you to our partner for the Ask the Expert series which is the Booper Foundation if you've not heard of them they're a charity and their purpose is to help people live longer happier and healthier lives they've just launched a new podcast which Sarah and I love called Resilience Brilliance and we highly recommend having a listen their first 
first episode focused on education. It's got some really interesting insights about how educators are navigating the challenges of COVID. So maybe you work in the education profession or maybe you have got children who are currently going through education in COVID. That's my situation. And it can just give you a bit more insight, a window into other people's world is often what we like to say. So let's get started with my conversation with Elizabeth. Elizabeth, welcome to the Squiggly Careers podcast. Hi. So we're talking about confidence and I thought that you would have such an interesting perspective on confidence because of the work that you've done, the conversations with people for your books as well. And I thought just a really good starting point would be, what does confidence mean to you? Such a good question because I think loads of people have different answers to this. I think for me, confidence is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. There are some days I feel, you know, super confident and that's because I'm using that muscle regularly. If it's, you know, things that make me feel confident, you know, self-worth with my work, good relationships around me. But ultimately, I think as well, confidence comes from being comfortable in your own skin, accepting yourself for who you are and having a a self-awareness as well. I think there's a beauty in knowing that you are enough. I think that self-esteem slash versus confidence, there's a difference between the two. And I think that real self-esteem and confidence comes from just knowing you are enough and trusting yourself, ultimately. And it's really interesting that knowing you are enough. I was thinking about my children and children generally, actually, and children are pretty confident little beings. You know, they, they kind of go out into the world and they do their thing. And then at some point, this enough thing creeps into our psyche at some point in time the or maybe I'm not good enough at that thing maybe I'm not as good as those people what do you think contributes to that like where do we go from being these like children that can take on the world and we could all be superheroes and run you know I don't know win awards and then we start really doubting ourselves when when do you think that happens and when have you seen it that's a very good question. I think it, I think there's an element of fearlessness that like kids have. Kids are fearless. Sometimes like, when I look at younger Elizabeth, 10 years ago, who was, you know, 18, I think, wow, you really were so fearless. And even when I think of like 10 year old me, I'm like, wow, you really were so fearless. And I think that as you go through life, you have people, you have external forces that somewhat can like you know beat that out of you either in very direct ways being like you're not good enough if it's you know an advertising campaign that says you've got to look this way or you know we have social media now I didn't have that growing up but it just takes you five seconds to open up an app that either tells you you're not successful enough or you're not beautiful enough or, or all of these things so it's a constant battle as an adult now where you're kind of stripped of who you are and not feeling that you are confident in that and therefore you stop trusting yourself because confidence comes from to trust yourself you you stop trusting yourself you look at external forces as for validation and therefore you start like internalizing all of these things so I think it's always a slippery slope and it's just the world we live in right now like from the moment you leave leave your house and you come back after a hard day's work you're seeing so many messages you're experiencing so many different types of relationships with people and the world doesn't isn't kind you know if you are somebody who has has low self-esteem it will prey on that 
Mm. I, I think it's really interesting the extent to which your confidence is limited by your internal thoughts versus the external stigmas, pressures, assumptions that people make about you. And I think I ended up thinking about that because when I was reading about Slain Elaine and, and kind of why you'd written Slain Elaine and that the aim from that book was to give black British women the opportunity to see that they can truly be whatever they want, despite the limitations that society seeks to set. And it made me think that, this idea that actually it's society, it's external limitations that affect people's confidence. And I wondered if you've got a perspective kind of from writing the book and your experiences of, in terms of confidence, how much of the confidence is limited by external expectations? So what other people think of you and what you can and can't do and how much is confidence an internal thing? So what I believe I can do, because you kind of touched on it there with you've got to have the inner bit sorted or you start getting vulnerable to that external bit. So if I just sort my inner piece of confidence out, am I totally able to cope with all the external stuff as well? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very good point because I think honestly, both are a toxic mix and they both can be quite suffocating because before you've even walked into a room or if it be an interview or any room, you're losing, you're in losing battle. But what I mean by that is when you have the structural things that tell you, you are not good enough. People like you don't succeed here. You don't see yourself represented in a world that, that you live in and in the country that you immediately consume, then you also can internalize that to also feel like you are not enough. When you also think about your own limited beliefs that you tell yourself, it all comes from the same place. So I think confidence is great, but real self-esteem is probably where it's at for me. I think that confidence comes and goes. It's like self-esteem that tells you you are enough is something that I always implore people to kind of work on that because confidence from doing is more of an external validation. So you've written a great book, you've got a promotion. Those things are quite, they're very much, I don't know, badges of honor with self-esteem. I always say this to people. It's all about if you were taken from wherever you are right now, I live in Croydon and I was dumped in like a random desert and I'm stripped of, you know, people knowing who I am or even your friends and family around you. Like, like for me, that self-esteem, that belief that you'll find your way back, that self-belief that, you know, you know who you are and you own that. I think there's peace that comes with that. But yeah, what you were saying about, you know, there are structural things and there are internal things that lead to a lack of confidence. I think they both work hand in hand. Which one came first? Was did I wake up thinking I wasn't good enough because, or I wasn't successful enough? Or was it because like, you know, indirectly and just generally you're bombarded with messages that tell you that? I don't know. I think they both work very much hand in hand. And I think that's what makes it quite hard to narrow down, like, where did this come from? And I think with the book, what we try to do is to try to show black women that this doesn't come from you. This came from somewhere. Who taught you to hate yourself? And I'm not saying all black women hate themselves. It's just a thing to say that who taught you that your skin tone wasn't beautiful? I'm dark skinned and I grew up in a culture where people used to say, you know, oh, you're so dark in a very negative way. Words matter. And the thing that I, um, I believe in, your thoughts become your words and your words become your actions. So absolutely, I think those two things work hand in hand. What I love about one of the things that you did was you 
surely you had enough internal confidence to write a book to help other people to be confident. So in spite of those two factors for you, kind of the internal confidence and maybe some of the external factors, you had enough confidence to go out there and help other people. I was reading about the spark for Slaying Your Lane, where I think you were quoted as saying that it was the love child of exasperation and optimism. And it made me think about Okay, so if people want to change the external environment, if your external environment affects your confidence and you want to change it because you think I am I am not up for that anymore, are are those the ingredients for change? Because it seems to have been the thing that sparked you, that exasperation that this cannot continue as it is. I will not let this situation affect my confidence and define who I am. And the optimism that it can be better and I and I can make it better and I have the confidence to make it better as well. Do you think there are ingredients that can work outside of, you know, the, the book that you wrote, other areas of your life, other areas of other people's lives? Yeah, it's quite interesting because with every great story has a great conflict that you've overcome. So you need that exasperation, you need that tension. And what you find if you watch it in movies and just generally like, you know, the main characters need to solve something to achieve their goal. And it's either character versus self or character versus, you know, another character or character versus society. With black women, it's like there's so many bits and it is a lot of the time it's us against society. I think for me, I think you do need that exasperation if you want to change something. What's more important though, is the optimism. I think that's why I always say like, it's the exasperation and optimism that birth staying lane. You look at something, you go, there's something wrong here. This doesn't work. This is broken. The system is rigged. You have those days that are very much like, I can't do this. Like, and that affects your confidence. That affects your ability to kind of go out and, you know, smash that interview, go out and, you know, be really, really confident in yourself. You need that optimism that things will get better. Like we all need that. We need that resilience, that thing, that hope. I think honestly, it comes down to hope, especially in a year like this. Like we need a little, you don't even need like massive amounts of hope. You just need a glimmer amount of hope that things can be different. I always say the day I stop hoping is the day that I probably have given up. So that's, and I think when we think about the, like, you know, a story arc, you need that for the character to kind of overcome and achieve their goal. You do need that hope at the 11th hour that things can change. And I think that's what really sparks like my confidence more than anything. I love it. I think that they're like ingredients to spark confidence. Like when I read it, I was like, okay, if I so put myself in a situation where I might lack confidence, a presentation or like you say, an interview or like the next six months. And I might think, how confident am I? This is going to be okay. But if you kind of think, well, what are the frustrations? Like, I don't want to be miserable every day. I don't, I don't want to be stuck in the same place that I was. And what am I optimistic about? Like, what, what's my hope? This can be better. I'm optimistic about what I can contribute. And I think if you just reflected on that, that would give you the confidence to go forward. The other thing I thought actually was obviously you and Yomi as co-authors and co-podcast hosts and friends. It reminds me a bit of Sarah and I, like you, you were friends first is what Sarah and I always talk about. We were friends first before anything else. You know, we went to uni together and friends for a long time and we hopefully will always be friends first. Sarah is a big part of my confidence as are lots of the people that I've sort of over time built around me. And I wondered what your perspective was on like the importance of collective confidence. So you and your confidence and the community of people you surround yourself with, to what extent do you think that contributes to confidence? 
I think to a great extent that contributes to, to confidence because no man is an island. Even if you do think you're self-made and you've done sometimes, yeah, sometimes I think to myself, wow, I've achieved a lot. And I think to myself, it's because somebody else believed in me. Somebody else gave me that break. Somebody else inspired a belief that I could do X, Y, Z. So if we go back to the thing about, you know, no man's an island, and it's not just about success, it's about just getting through a day. You do need that collectivism around you, that relationship. And I think that women are quite good at that. I think that there's a real sisterhood. I think black women are very good at that. There's a real sisterhood that kind of exists amongst us because when you're in a world that isn't necessarily made for you to kind of thrive and, you know, really kind of revel in, you know, who you are, you look at your community to kind of do that. So I think that when it comes to relationship building, I think it's really important. It's because you have those days where you don't feel that confident. You know, you're tired of striving. Like my, my friend will voice note me and she'll say, you know what, today's been a really hard day. I, I, I can't be bothered. What is this all for? What is this like continued striving to, you know, for either success or perfection or just keep going? And she doesn't mean it in a very like keep going because I don't want to be on this earth, but she just means it in terms of like shared acknowledgement gives her the kind of hope that yes you know things are quite might be difficult but you have somebody that can voice that kind of concern to and I think that's what's really the power in having relationships around you that can really kind of like spur you on there's that thing where people say that you know behind every great woman there's a group chat of other great women spurring her on and I'm such a big believer in that and I think that honestly just sums up like the power of a community behind you Thank you so much for your wisdom and helping people by sharing your experience of confidence and your advice for other people with their confidence. One final question for you, which we ask all our guests, is about a piece of career advice that has maybe helped you along the way that someone listening to, I don't know, might resonate with them and it might help them too. Would you mind sharing one with us? Yes, of course. So this is a this wasn't sent directly to me, but someone sent this tweet to me years ago and it's been freaking just everything so the best career advice that I can give is don't ever attach yourself to a person a place a company attach yourself to a mission a calling a purpose only that's how you keep your power and your peace so I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Elizabeth on confidence. We definitely could have talked for longer. So Elizabeth has some really exciting new projects coming up, which I'm almost envious of. We have some exciting things too, but I think hers are brilliant. So there is a new book called The Reset and also an audio project, which is looking at our changing work culture and also a new documentary podcast called The Female Takedown, which is all about the rise and fall of the millennial girl boss and getting into that a little bit more. So as soon as we have some more dates on that stuff I will share it with you because I think you might be interested in it and next week we're going to be back with two more episodes fingers crossed everything's all right with the ear situation Sarah and I will be back together talking about career transitions as we had planned for this week and then later in the week I will be sharing our next Ask the Expert interview this time that is going to be with best-selling author James Clear on the topic of habits I loved that conversation I feel like I have repeated some of the wisdom I took from it many times since already so I hope you'll get some things out of it as well if you do enjoy this podcast and the conversations that we have and you have five minutes to spare we would absolutely love it if you would rate review subscribe all of it one of them whatever feels right for you but effectively it's one of the ways that we are able to find more people for the podcast and help more people with their careers so it's a sort of a very meaningful way that you could help us so thank you for that if you are able to do it but that's it for this week we'll be back with you very soon thanks everyone bye
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Yeah.